Hello again, and I'm Ryan Phelan with the Epic Phelan Podcast. Coming up this week, we have Alan Birdall from Arlen Home Inspections. Alan Birdall is a home inspector here in Calgary. We discuss the value of having a home inspection and some of the things you want to look out for when buying a home. All right, here we are with another episode of Epic Phelan. Of course, I am Ryan Phelan, and today we have with us Alan Birdhall from Arlen Home Inspections. Alan is a home inspector here in Calgary, and being a realtor in Calgary, I have lots of experience with Alan, and uh, we're just going to find out a little bit more about him and some of the things about home inspections and what you need to know. So, Alan, how are you? Good, good. Thank you. Nice to be here. <laughs> right on. So, how long have you been doing um, home inspections for? I'm in my 16th year now. 16th year. Wow. What led you to the, uh, the home inspection route? Uh, it was just a matter of convenience. I was a home inspector, not a home inspector, but a fire inspector prior to doing this. Okay. In the province of Alberta. Got into some management programs and worked in different companies. Didn't enjoy the office life, wanted to get back out in the field again, and a fellow just said to me, says, why don't you try being a home inspector? So I did, and here I am. Nice. One of the things that I can encounter in the home selling process is where uh, an elder parent or maybe somebody that's you know involved in the trades and somebody that thinks they know more than what they do will question whether they need a home inspection or not. You know, well, I can see, you know, the date on the furnace and I can see, you know, the shingles on the roof. Maybe run through with me the the value that a home inspector offers. Well, what we look for is we look for things that people that say they can see things can't see. Yeah. So we try to get into doing thermal imaging is one good one that we had. That was one of the first ones to operate thermal imaging in Alberta. How does that work? And it's just able to tell us whether or not we've got leaks or we've got cracks, we've got air infiltration, anything like that happening within the home that's not normal. Okay. And then if we find those, then we can go ahead and tell the purchaser. Okay. When it comes down to someone that's being a, an Uncle Joe, as we call them, <laughs> oh, yes. that, that come by and they, they say that they know all these things that are taking place and what's happening and they've done this and they've been there, we invite them to come along and walk along with us. And I, I actually involve them with the inspection process and say, well, what do you think of this? Do you think this is something that we should be looking at? And when we do look at it, this is something that there should be a concern for. And once they see that they find the value of what the inspection is doing and what we're looking for as we go along, they kind of back off a bit and allow us to continue with our process of finding out whether or not there really is a problem within the home. Yes. Something else that I've come across, too, so home inspections for condominiums. Of course, when you're buying a condominium, you'll you'll want to take a look at the condominium documents and see you know where they're putting their finances and they'll have a reserve fund usually and are they allocating enough money for new windows and doors and roofs and etc the boiler system and and whatnot i've heard in the industry you know where where some people will suggest to their clients even where they will say oh don't worry about a home inspection because it should all be there in the condominium documents what are your thoughts on that because i certainly have a thought or two on that myself doing a an apartment style condominium i'll work with one of those first it's always a good idea to have those done and taken care of, and, and especially on an older condominium outlet, like looking down in the banking areas where you've got some of these homes that are back in the 70s and maybe even earlier that are condos. I went into one here, this would be back probably about eight, nine years ago, 
did a home inspection, went in and took a look at the electrical panel and found that it was a 1970s style condo with aluminum wiring. Uh, wow. Opened up the panel box. Panel box was uh, uh, was charring and, and uh, uh, burn marks and what have you within the panel box and advised them that they should be getting a licensed electrician to go ahead and take a look at it. At that point, they came in with a licensed electrician. They took a look at it. They shut down the apartment, said that it couldn't be opened up again until rectification had been made with regards to all the uh, outlets and what have you within the home. Oh, wow. And they almost shut down the complex as a result of it. So uh, it's, it's really a need to see things that you would normally not see, and that's what the inspection is going to look for. Leaks coming from upper levels and from roofs. We had one that was a, a leak coming from the bathroom in the upper condo, and uh, that condo had been leaking for quite some time. We found, with the thermal scanning, that there was a leak taking place and that there was molding and that taking place within the, uh, within the ceiling. So when that happens, again, we find these kinds of things that uh, it's important to go ahead and have this done. No, I, absolutely. I would also think with the uh, thermal imaging, one of the things I hear a lot with condos, um, especially apartment condos, a common occurrence that I'm seeing with when it comes to special assessments that may come along are building envelope issues. And whether that being the the siding or the stucco or getting water infiltration between that and the walls of the home where your thermal imaging might be able to catch that? Is that something that's a... It it does. It catches those. And uh, there was one in southwest Calgary. It was a a newer place that we'd looked at. And uh, in that, they had the stucco. It was a neat style or synthetic stucco. It was on the outside that had had leaks coming in from around where the windows and doors were and around the uh, patio doors. Uh, We took a look in there, and sure enough, there was water and moisture coming into those areas, into the complex and alongside the walls and had to be attended to. It was uh, a situation that they had to deal with prior to purchasing the home. Nice. Yeah, and that is um, that is definitely something that's better to be uh, proactive than reactive, right? To, to be walking into, walking into no, at least knowing what you're walking into. Like some of these issues that you may see in a home inspection, let's say insulation in your attic. Maybe there's not an adequate enough uh, insulation or maybe there's a leaky seal around a bathtub, something that's easy to repair, but it's getting a home inspection is probably just nice to know what you're walking into on the onset. It gives you that peace of mind of knowing that you've got a nice place where you have a place that has to have repairs made. And what I like to do with mine is I go through, I'll do the inspection with them, I'll show them where the problems are and where problem areas might occur. And then we tell them how a good way to maybe address those problems. So it's not going to cost them an arm and a leg to do. It's not going to be one of those situations where it's going to break the bank for them to go ahead and get things done. With every problem, there's a solution. And you just have to figure out the best solution for that problem. Now, there is a bit of a popularity with the home inspections, especially on like the home rental uh, networks and whatnot, where you'll get, without naming names, somebody that's a very popular homes inspector. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts there? And um, where they walk in and they're, and they're gutting, gutting the place. And, you know, is, is that something normal to expect from a home inspector? Or I've gone through and done inspections where there have been renovations being taken place. And uh, what they're looking for is they're looking to find out how they can go ahead and rectify a problem that may be existing so that they can go ahead and continue on with the balance of the renovations as they go along. 
It's like making up a to-do list for them to work with. Working with that Holmes group, I was the first Holmes inspector in Alberta. Oh, so you uh, worked, worked with, with Mike Holmes, and uh, that was quite a quite a thing to go through. It was uh, it was actually kind of a joy. Learned a lot of things and uh, saw a lot of different things that went along too. Never made it on TV, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it did did have a lot of uh, good good ideas and good things come along. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's something that yeah yeah you'd mentioned to me before that you had you'd worked with the Mike Holmes group. He definitely has built a name for himself oh, and for increased sure. uh, people's I would say knowledge base on like what they should be looking for. Oh, he's a very passionate uh, individual. And, uh, <laughs> I, I had the opportunity of talking with the uh, production manager down in, in Guelph uh, in Ontario when I went down to meet them. Oh yeah, I, I never managed to meet Mike. Mike was always that fellow that was away doing other things and and what have you. And when I was working with him, I was trying to get involved with the Okotoks project that he was putting together at that time. Yes. And so that'd be back in about 2005, 2006 in that area. It was, like I say, it was just uh, an experience. And yeah. Very, and a good experience as well. So it's, it wasn't a bad situation. So. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. And, and, and so now, obviously, you're just on your own, doing your own right. home inspections. Is there a common thing that you'll see in home inspections? It's just like a very common occurrence. Oh, uh, the, the biggest issue that we look for is water. Yeah. Uh, water seems to be the biggest issue, followed by the roof and, of course, the structure and the foundation walls. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll run a lot of water as we're going through the home. I usually run the bathtubs, the showers, all the sinks, make sure everything's going the way it's supposed to be going. And at the end of the inspection, I'll go through with a the thermal camera and we'll see if we can pick out any of these leaks and stuff that we may have occurred as a result of those taking place. What I'll also do is take a look at the foundation walls to see whether or not there's any uh, any problems or issues happening with moisture coming in, outside infiltration, into the home. You know, so the biggest thing I think is water. And then, of course, the structure and the, you know, the temperature, the beams and that are all together. And then being able to take a look at the roof. Now, in the winter months, you can't see the roof. You get guys that go up there and they'll take a, a car brush and they'll sweep off four or five feet snow off the roof and say the roof is okay or the roof is all right and really all they're seeing is that five square feet exactly (laughs) yeah Uh, they've got other guys that are going up now with snow blowers on their backs I guess I don't know exactly how they're doing it but they're asking for an accident to take place and again the same situation you can only see what you can blow away yeah with my business what I've done in the past is I just come back and I do the inspection again on the roof at a later time when it's clear Yes. With the understanding that, you know, they may not have that information before they have to sign off on it. But uh, at least we'll take a look at it with the thermal camera underneath from the attic. Take a look and see whether or not there's any issues or problems happening at that point. You know, you got to work safe, but you can't go ahead and inspect something that you can't see. You know, so that's what it boils down to, and that's that's where we move on. Okay. New homes. Now this is this is something that I've had family and friends. Um, they all you know, buying new homes and they think, well, geez, there's warranties and you know I don't really need to to get an inspection. Or if you do need to get an inspection, when would be a good time to have one? If you're going to get the inspection done, I look at the 11 month inspection, which oh, okay. is just 11 months after you've purchased the home. It's one month left to go before your warranties due. You can have an individual come in, like myself or another inspection company, and. They do an inspection through the home, take your information that you've lived with the last 11 months as to, you know, you've had a problem here, you've had a problem there, and you combine the two together to make a report to give to the builders. And then the builder goes ahead and and, uh, 
has that information now has been presented to them prior to the end of the year they have to deal with that warranty issue i've also had it where i've done new home construction at the day of your prior to possession okay just to go through to give them the peace of mind of knowing that the windows are okay the construction's been done properly we've done everything the way it's supposed to be done a good example was uh, i did one up in uh, uh crossfield and when i went through the home i did uh, everything that was there and lo and behold there was no backflow valve regulations oh. now present that you have to have a backflow valve yes so I, I went through and uh, we just wasn't there and luckily the builder came by and i asked him i said where is the backflow valve he said, it's downstairs. <laughs> the guy said, okay, well, let's go take a look. Yeah. Well, we were there for about 10, 15 minutes, and he was looking around. He says, I don't know. And what had happened was they had gone ahead and poured the concrete over the backflow valve, so there was no access to it oh, at no. all. And uh, eventually he had to go ahead and get that brought out so that they could have the backflow valve accessible for future use. So that's the kind of stuff that can happen. You know, don't see it really being bad things, and a lot of good builders out there will just go ahead and take care of the problem right away. Yes. So, so a question that I always ask everybody, especially in Calgary, is: Are you native Calgarian? Or are you born and raised here in Calgary? Born and raised. That's yeah. you are a rarity, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Seen a lot of growth in the city. A lot of things change. I believe when I was a kid, I'm just trying to take a guess, but I think it was about 169,000 people at the time. Oh, uh, wow. Moved up by St. Jubilee Auditorium was just being built. 69 would have been the year that they built the uh, Foothills Hospital. Yep. And I still remember the world's tallest Christmas tree from CFCN Tower. So, <laughs> you know, you all that kind of stuff goes along. But, yeah, it's been uh, it's been great watching the growth within Calgary. With the growth and, and, and growing up in Calgary and, and having your business within Calgary, what would you say your your favorite part about Calgary is? Oh, geez, the people. A lot of times, you know, the hospitality, the way they talk, the way they are, the way they present things to you. Of course, being a bigger city now, you'd see different attitudes and different things coming in but uh it's always been the people the people seem to bring the good in you out as much as they can it, you know in a lot of situations so it's always been a friendly city yeah absolutely that's that's one of my favorite things too is just getting to know the people and that's probably why i'm doing the podcast you know is just <laughs> to, to get to know really the the spirit of of calgary and the spirit of you know entrepreneurship and what small business is bringing to to our city being a home inspector, I'm sure you've seen a lot of crazy, crazy things. Um, uh, one of them being, of course, you know, you just mentioned how you had to almost get an entire project shut down with, <laughs> with, uh, with the condo. What are the kind of things have you seen that have been a little bit different? Than, uh, than, uh, we had one that I, I did an inspection. It was up in the Renfrew area. It was an older house. 1904, I think is what it was. Oh, wow. There was a little old lady that lived in there. She's, you know, it's always a little old lady. Yeah. But uh, she weighed maybe 90 pounds soaking wet. Oh, wow. And once a week, she'd go up and down in the basement to go ahead and do the laundry. Get a new stove or a new uh, furnace and a new water heater and all that kind of thing into it. The house was actually in pretty good condition. We went downstairs to take a look around for the foundation walls again because it was field stone. The old field stone style of home. Went into the bottom and... Uh, with us walking through, there was myself, there were the clients, and then there was also a contractor that was going to do some upgrades on the home for the, for the people and the realtor involved. And we were walking up and down the stairs, 
And as we were going up, we were making the vibration of the stairs take place. And just while we were there in the basement, we heard a big crack. And at the time the crack went on, I just managed to get a hold of the realtor and push her back just a little bit as the wall fell in on the foundation over top of the washer and dryer. With us oh, wow. and the vibration from the uh, stairwell, it actually cracked and, and loosened up the foundation wall. So there was quite a quite an issue there at that so, point. Yeah, from, we uh, you said what the age of the house was what an O four. You figure? Mm, no, it was just a matter that the uh, it just wore down, and oh, yeah. uh, the way they built it and they tied it into the concrete, and of course it's just the mortar, and that just gave way. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, with that's, the additional weight and vibration. That, that's wild stuff. With purchasing home, there's lots of, especially yeah, homes that have been um, pre-owned, right, where you get something built in the 70s, or a lot of noise out there and a lot of horror stories about, like, we discussed uh, aluminum wiring. Yeah. Or even, like, asbestos. That's, a, that's another thing to be watching out for. Maybe expand a little bit on that. Okay. On the aluminum wiring, it's the wiring itself is okay if it's used and worked properly with the proper outlets and switches and what have you. They're aluminum compatible. Okay. Uh, there's a way now of, of doing things. It's called pigtailing, which allows copper and, and aluminum to join. It's an oxidizing process that electricians use in order to be able to work with. A lot of times people try to hide it. And uh, one example of that was up in Pembroke. Uh, where I went and did the panel. The panel was a new panel with copper wiring. All the wiring was looking great going out and what happened. It had a small crawl space. And uh, I crawled into the crawl space, took a look to see what was in there. And sure enough, I found another junction box, opened up the junction box, and they had joined all the electrical wiring from the aluminum wiring and the copper wiring improperly within that box. Ooh. So, again, one of these situations where we had to get a licensed electrician to come in, take care of the problem, and deal with the issues at that point. Asbestos vermiculite is, the, uh, is a big issue with regards to ceilings and, and what have you in the attic. Undisturbed, we're told that it's okay, it's not really a problem. There was really only one plant that had the asbestos that was a problem, but nobody kept track of where they brought it in from or whatever, so the blanket went out saying that uh, you know, asbestos is where it is. I found some houses that didn't have asbestos in it here in Calgary, okay. and in outlying areas, it's all over the place. So it's just where and how it went through. It was called sonolator at that time, so when you put it in, very convenient, inexpensive to put and work with so what they did was now they will go ahead and, and uh, put uh, insulation over top of that and as long as you're not breaking down walls and cutting open the ceiling and allowing the vermiculite to get into the area you're fine and once you start doing renovation work then you have to look at a remediation process which is around 10 to 11 dollars a square foot okay so in, in some areas probably more so with that, it's quite an expensive issue, and we let all people know that uh, there's a possibility that there could be asbestos in the, in the product and should be tested. Yes. Saying that, the, the, the one that's actually really new this year, it's something that we haven't seen in Calgary a whole, whole lot, but there's a lot more awareness around it, I guess, is what, what it is, is it uh, radon. It's the way the government's done it and the way they've done it over the years. Uh, they added it at a high level back years ago at 800 per million and then it brought it down to 200 so so that would be like acceptable levels of the acceptable or, levels within okay. the home and uh so they brought it down to 200 and of course we're seeing more and more of it your house could have nothing in your place but my house next door could end up without a radon coming through 
new construction now all has to have a vent line, rough in vent line put into the home for radon fan units if it's required after testing. The longer the test, the better the results. For me to go in there and do an inspection, and I can, I've got the equipment to work with to go ahead and do a radon test, I've stopped doing it. I'm not getting an accurate reading, I don't feel, and I don't feel I'm doing my client any favors by just saying to them, oh yeah, you've got a reading in here of 92, so you're, you're well within the limits. Whereas if you were to run that over a three-month period of time, as is recommended, then what will happen is you'll get a different reading, and it might come up to that 180, 200 reading. And if that takes place, then now they have to look at putting in a fan unit and doing all that to go ahead and make it so it's safe for their home. Fellows that come in and say that they can do the uh, radon reading within the month or within the uh, day or the time of the inspection, I definitely would have a problem with that as a proper and accurate reading for for that. Yeah, because I've heard I've heard it can be up to like three weeks is like uh, is like what or a couple weeks anyway is that what you want to have to collect the data. And that's still on a short term. Uh, They're they're talking three three months. months, Three months, months, yeah. To go ahead and and run it through. And and that's a government uh, and uh, university style of recommendation is to run it for about three months in order to go ahead and get that accurate reading for it. So the scary thing about that, or what could potentially be scary to a first-time home buyer, or even somebody that's a seasoned home buyer, is that you go in, everything looks great, but the process of having your conditions where you decide whether or not you are going to go through with the purchase of the house, it's never three months. It's, it's like a two-week period. So the question being, if you do find that there is radon in the home, and I know as a home inspector, you know, I'm, you're not supposed to really discuss pricing and whatnot, <laughs> so I'm maybe asking you to cross the line here. But the process to remediate or to make the home then safe if you do purchase a home and find out you know three months later that you are above the acceptable levels is that an expensive process it's about 2500 about 25. So just to make a long short story of yeah, yeah, it yeah. three thousand give or take there's companies out there that are doing it for in all that area now those prices can change over time depending on demand all that kind of thing that goes on i'm not a professional so you have to ask them of course mm-hmm. but on that end of it, you want to make sure that uh, you've got a good licensed company that does this, and this is what they do exclusively, uh, yeah. exclusively, and, and taking care of your needs. Yeah, absolutely, and I and that's sort of what I was getting around to that it is something that's somebody shouldn't be overly frightened about. Like it's it is an expense, but it's in the grand scheme of things. You know, if you're if you're buying a pre-owned home that doesn't already have the remediation or the uh, the safety features to remove radon that it is something that can be done relatively easily. Yeah, fairly easy. Uh, there are companies out there that can run them through by putting them into a sump pump system. So a sump pump is going down below the slab, so of course they can tie into that, seal off the sump pump, and then run the valve from there. So really, the, these things can be done. This goes back to that point of being able to tell the client, yes, you may have, and if you do have, then they can work it this way, and I would discuss it further with them. Mm-hmm. Just go from there and see what they have to say. Right on. And I was just thinking here, as we're coming to an end, another common thing that I'm seeing with older homes that's not being checked on by home inspectors is typically roots. 
roots growing into sewer lines. Uh, the sewer lines, yeah, yeah. And whether it's clay or whether it's oh, there's clay, there's cast iron, there's no. different products that are out there. I do boroscoping, so I have that part of my my process. It's one hundred and fifty dollars. Per, per, you know, added on to an inspection, so it's not really that costly. So but what, it can well save you it. thousands of dollars down the road if you have to replace that line. Yeah, there's only a couple of companies that will do that now. But uh, you know, as far as inspection companies concerned, there's only a couple of us that do it. There are the companies that are out there that do it as well. So you know, there's a good opportunity to get it checked, and it should be checked. It's always a good idea, especially on a 50, 60 cells. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So, right on, Alan. I think what we've come to as a conclusion is like, sure, you may have to put out really a very reasonable amount of money for a home inspection. Yeah. What you could be saving yourself in the long run is um, not only headaches, but a, a lot of money. I wouldn't let my client purchase a home without having a home inspection. Is no, yeah. no. It's always a good idea to have it done. And, and again, if you say whether it's myself or there's another company that you bring in, yeah. always get it done. It's it's just that peace of mind of knowing that you've had an inspection done, you're covered, you know where you're going, and you know what you're going to run into down the road should something happen. So yeah. it's always a good thing to have. Before we go here, is there anything that you would like to promote? Like, do you have a website? Do you have a phone number that you can be reached at? Or? Yeah, homeinspectionsalberta.ca is the website. It's not a very good one. I'm an old guy, so don't do all the new things that the young fellas do. Social media, Facebook, Arlen Home Inspections on a Facebook page as well. I do boroscoping, thermal scanning. I've got a rover robot that I use for getting into crawl spaces and under mobile homes so that we can see everything that's under oh, there without having cool. to dig around. So it's all pretty standard, but yet uh, we keep the technology alive and we're able to see things like our roof with the eye stick. We can shoot cameras down on top of it without having to climb the roof itself but still give you the, uh, the pictures and that to show that the roof is okay or is in need of repair. Perfect. So again, that's Arlen Home Inspections, which is A-A-R-L-A-N. Home inspections, and do you have a phone number too that you can be uh, yeah. reached at? It's uh, 403-808-5355, or my personal cell would be 587-998-5454. Perfect, and we'll include that in the information below. And until next time, stay epic. Thanks for listening to Epic Phelan. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RealRyanPhelan. And visit my website at thecalgaryrealestateguy.com. Until next time, stay epic.